everyone. So you are listening to the Abundant Psyche. This is a part of the not so corporate series that we are hosting. I'm Sudeshna. I'm your host. And today I am with the very special Amanda Wright from the Wright Company. With 15 years of experience as a management consultant, Amanda is the founder of her own six-figure solo consulting business. And she can actually show you the straight path to quickly launch your own business. So all of you who have been telling me that launching a business is scary, Amanda is here to help. Um, Amanda holds an MBA with a specialization in finance. She also is a BSc in molecular biology, and she's earned a project management professional designation as well. So all the smarts. She also has two lovely children, and she is a supporter of women who want to earn their own worth. And she also has a coaching program, which we shall talk a bit later about. But so excited to have you, Amanda. Welcome Thank to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So, so tell, tell us a bit more about your corporate journey, Amanda. Yeah. Well, so like you said, I've been working in the field of management consulting for about 15 years now. I was hired um, right out of my MBA program by a company called Bearing Point, um, which at the time was another big kind of global professional services firm. But um, they were quickly acquired by Deloitte back in, I think it was 2009. So then I spent several years working at Deloitte in the strategy and operations service line and um, kind of moved around a bunch between different areas of focus because I have a lot of interests and and kind of a a variety of different skills. So I I did some work in tax and revenue management for a while, um, finance and performance management, and then public sector. So I started focusing quite a bit on public sector work in the last couple of years of working there. Um, I think just because mostly I, I live in Victoria, British Columbia, which is the capital of the province. And so a lot of the work that can be found locally is with the, the provincial government here. So that's actually quite a big focus for me in my own consulting business as well as is, is public sector work. So I was at Deloitte for a number of years and had my two children while I was working there. And I think it was really when I came back from my second maternity leave that I started just realizing how hard it was to balance the demands of consulting with raising a family and wasn't really feeling like I could keep up with everyone else around me anymore, especially some of the men who maybe either didn't have children or who had a partner at home who could take care of the kids. And so I just kind of went through this period of like burnout and try to figure out what it is I wanted to do career-wise and took some time off and realized I still really loved consulting work, Mm -hmm. but I just wasn't really loving that big firm culture and environment anymore. So I made the decision to quit and started my own business. And that was seven years ago now. And it's been just like the best, the best professional decision I ever made because I really love being my own boss and having my own company. So that's kind of, that's how I've kind of progressed over the 15 years. And, and now I'm in a spot where I really, really love what I do. And I'm actually really excited to start helping other women kind of go along that same path if they're finding like the big firms aren't working for them anymore. They might not have realized um, that they have the potential to start something up themselves. Right. You sound so familiar. Your story sounds so familiar because I think that is essentially every woman I talk to in consulting. And it's it's funny that you mentioned strategy and operations and tax and 
finance and public sector in the same uh, journey because personally i had a very very similar journey actually i was with deloitte uh, for the longest well not the longest i was with pwc for exactly pretty much the same amount of time but deloitte was my first consulting role so mm-hmm. yeah um they they are quite good like that i think like they let you try out various things was that your take away from consulting as well Yeah, I mean, Deloitte is a great company. Um, I still feel like that's a great place for people to go and start their careers in consulting because they do offer such amazing opportunities for, you know, um, learning and growth and training and mentoring and opportunities to try different types of consulting work. And they were always very accommodating in terms of either moving me around between projects because I had an interest or trying to let me scale back on my client commitments because of when I had the two kids. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah I I had a good experience there like and I met some some wonderful people who are still really really good friends of mine and and I continue to work with with Deloitte people on projects quite frequently actually. Um so for me it's been, it was a really great experience. I don't have anything really negative to say about working there. Um but I did find yeah they gave me a good chance to sort of move around between different parts of the business and try out different types of project work. Yeah. and i i so hear you i mean so many women ultimately drop out of consulting because of that clash between does family come first or does my career come first and mm-hmm. um i guess the way you have found your path is well it can be this and that It, you don't really have to choose so so tell us a bit more about the phase of the burnout what were you feeling like what made you say that okay that's enough deloitte that's enough big firms i quit yeah i mean it it felt pretty dramatic at the time you know because i was really just overwhelmed and exhausted and um i had made this arrangement with deloitte where i was on what's called an alternative work arrangement And so I was supposed to be working 70% of full time in exchange for 70% of my salary. But what happened is because I think of just my personality, I'm always someone who wants to be kind of overachieving or, you know, getting excellent um reviews and things like that. I ended up working probably more than 100% of mm-hmm. FTE in exchange for 70% of my salary. and um that just became just way too much to handle and i started feeling really kind of pissed off about my compensation in relation to the amount of work that i was putting in and the value that i was delivering for my clients and at the time unfortunately i also had a um like a performance manager a coach who wasn't really very supportive or at least maybe couldn't understand how challenging my life would be relative to his for example as someone who had a full-time stay-at-home wife and a full-time live-in nanny whereas i was sort of the primary caregiver for my two kids and trying to trying to do excellent client work at the same time so i sort of just reached this point where i couldn't even physically go into the office i was so so burnt out um so i took a 3 month leave of absence actually and just used that time to sort of chill out and reflect and do a lot of work kind of just examining myself and what it was that I felt like I should do next and yeah ultimately I just kind of came to that conclusion of I actually really really love consulting work and I don't want to quit doing that but I just couldn't stay in that company anymore so that was sort of like what it felt like for me for a period of probably 3 3 months right i hear this so much like i i think 
it's gradually coming out like all of the big four firms i mean it's it's funny all my friends in big fours especially women have had an episode of burnout and this this has to be not something that's um rare anymore right so we need mm-hmm. to talk about that more openly but amanda question then when we uh, when you were going through this period of a burnout did you feel okay just coming out or did you uh, have to sort of think okay is it is it is it really burnout do i really need to think this through like was there any hesitation or did you know that okay no i need to take this 3 months sabbatical and that's it i knew i needed the time off because i was like physically feeling terrible and i think i wasn't sleeping well i wasn't eating well i lost about 10 pounds um was having issues with my relationship and felt like i wasn't being a very good partner i wasn't being a very good mom i just felt like i wasn't doing anything well and i kind of almost got to the point where i couldn't go to the office and just do my work because i would be kind of crying or getting upset if anyone was like are you okay like because i was not okay so it was pretty obvious that i needed to take some time away and i'm gl- glad i did that because it gave me that space and that time to think more clearly about what it is i wanted to do long term right so uh, tell me if i'm getting too personal but before you took the time off how long were you working these crazy hours and feeling like this it was probably about 3 months again i was on this kind of really high pressure um client project where we were writing a business case for a big initiative so deloitte was hoping to write a successful business case that would allow a client to get funding to go ahead with a multi-year like major business transformation and so i was the, the business case writer and there was a lot of pressure on me mostly i think put on myself but also from the firm and the partners um to do a really excellent job because the the business case had to be successful in order to win this you know multi multi million dollar um project. And so it was probably yeah, a 3 to 6 month engagement where I was putting in crazy crazy hours and just working really really hard and putting a ton of pressure on myself to perform. Mm. And it was really towards the end of that period once the business case was submitted, it was just like, oh, <laughs> I can't I can't keep going. Like I need a vacation, I need some time off. <laughs> you know, mm. it was it was very obvious to me and probably everyone around me that I needed to take a break. Right. Awesome. So, do you think you would have made the same decision if you were in a slightly different situation that is without the kids or without a partner because mm. I don't want to lead you into an answer because um that's not fair, but what I yeah. do find is that there are so many people in exactly the same spot but just because they have slightly different situations in terms of their relationship and children and family they just decide to no this is all that i have this big brand mm-hmm. name is all that i have what do you think of that that's such an interesting question i mean i haven't really thought about that before but yeah i mean if things had been slightly different like obviously if i hadn't had children i think that would have been a completely different scenario so i can't even necessarily picture that but you know potentially if um i'd had a more supportive partner or if i'd had family that lived in town that could have been helping me with the kids um or if i'd had a more supportive um partner that i was working with who kind of understood more what it was like to be a, a young mom in the firm i think probably things could have turned out differently and i could have stayed there longer term um but then again i don't really know because 
I never felt like I had any strong female role models, especially mm-hmm. just within my local office. All the men were, or sorry, all the partners were men. Um, and none of the women that were more senior to me that I worked with had children. And so there just wasn't anyone that I could sort of emulate or look up to and go, okay, yeah, that's what my career path should look like. And that's what I aspire to. I mostly just looked at the partners and went, look, like, I don't want to, I don't want to have their life. And I don't want to grind my way out for the next five or 10 years, just to try to get to a position where I could make partner. It just, it didn't appeal to me at all. So I think ultimately I probably would have ended up making the same decision, but maybe I made it a little bit sooner because mm-hmm. there was enough of a push in that direction for me to just mm-hmm. reach that breaking point and then say, you know what, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next be- best option is for me to start my own company and just do this on my own. Right. So let's move over to your, mm. tell us, how did you get started? So I was really lucky in that um, one of the clients that I worked for last at Deloitte actually reached out to me during that leave of absence period. And he's the one who sort of sparked that idea in me of, um, he said, have you ever started, have, have you ever thought about starting your own consulting business? And I sort of said, well, no, isn't that only what people do when they're, you know, 55 or 60 and they've already got a ton of experience and they have a huge network and that's the time that you go out independent and start your own business and he was Mm -hmm. like no there's lots of people that do it um so that's honestly the first time I ever thought about it and then things just kind of happened really quickly from there he uh he sort of said you know if you wanted to come back and and do a contract with us um on this project then you know we could we could set that up and so I just kind of like made this snap decision to quit start my own business get some of those basic foundational pieces in places uh, in place. And then um, I had my contract going within the first probably two weeks. So I think I had sort of a unique situation in that I didn't have to immediately go out and try to find my first client. My first client kind of presented itself to me. (laughs) Right. That's amazing. And uh, that is probably also a testament of the good work that you did during your consulting days as well. But surely, from going from that big firm environment to working all by yourself, like literally being the solopreneur of handling everything from delivery to marketing to sales to everything else, like Mm -hmm. being the tech guy as well. Uh, (laughs) What was that like? Yeah, I mean, I definitely didn't do things like looking back at it now I would absolutely do things completely differently because I didn't take very much time at the beginning to set myself up properly and take myself seriously and do some of those things that are actually fairly easy to do to just add that extra step of credibility and legitimacy you know um, I didn't actually even formally name my company or get a website or business cards until this year and I've been in business for seven years now (laughs) Mm. so I would have done some of those things earlier Um, But again, I think it was just a question of I was lucky in that I already had a couple of good people in my network who were interested in hiring me for consulting work, and um, enough good relationships and people willing to refer me on to other people that honestly, for the first several years, I just got all my business pretty much through word of mouth and referrals. Mm. So, um, you know, I did write some proposals here and there, and I still continue to write, write some and respond to formal procurements and and do that type of thing. But for the most part, like probably 80% of my business comes from just relationships and, and referrals. That is so interesting. Like when it comes to setting up a business, I think the first thing that people think of is, I don't have an idea. The next thing they say is, I don't have a website. I don't have any mm-hmm. tech skills. And you are saying that seven years of being a six-figure earner you just literally set up your website that is so cool 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind of embarrassing, but I used a Gmail account. Like, I didn't even have a branded business um, email address until this year. And I never had, yeah, business cards or did any advertising marketing whatsoever. So I did it sort of like a very loosey-goosey approach. Um, looking back, I would have done it in a bit more of a structured, formal way, I think, because I think I probably would have been even more successful and, and been able to to get my revenue going up, up faster if I had done it sort of the right way from the beginning. <laughs> Well, but but also the extra weight creates friction, and this probably allowed you to move faster. Yeah, um, very very nimble and agile, I would say for yeah. sure, and not a lot of cost. Like I try to keep my overhead extremely low, so I really don't spend a lot of money on anything other than you know insurance that I have to carry and a new laptop every you know two years or so. That's kind of those are my two biggest expenses, really. Right. Okay, so in terms of what you miss from the big firm culture, what what would be the mm. biggest things that you miss? Yeah, I mean, I definitely miss having very, very smart colleagues all around me and people to work with on a daily basis. Um, not that I'm lonely necessarily, because I do, you know, obviously I work closely with my clients and I sometimes collaborate with other consultants to team up on projects. Um, but I do miss having just those colleagues all around me. And I felt like everyone at Deloitte was really, really intelligent and motivated and hardworking. And so being in that environment was really um, motivating for me. Um, what else do I miss? I mean, I miss the training and the, the formal development opportunities that they give you. So as my own consulting business owner, I have to kind of seek out those opportunities on my own and pay for them myself. So mm. um, I have to sort of identify my own areas of development and, and work on them myself. Uh, and then, yeah, just having like the proposal teams <laughs> you know when you work at a big firm there's always like other people that you can delegate things to yeah. and when you own your own business you have to you have to do all that stuff by yourself or or pay someone else to do it for you yeah yeah okay and what would be the top consulting skills or corporate skills that you use on a daily basis um there's lots i mean Again, I'm not really a specialist in any one type of consulting. I think of myself as just a professional problem solver. So analytical thinking and strategic thinking are probably the things that I bring most frequently to my engagements with clients. So just that ability to go into any new organization, quickly learn and get up to speed, start to identify what the potential problems might be, and then thinking through creative solutions. That's sort of, in a nutshell, what I do over and over again with my clients. So I don't really necessarily have any specific technical skills or anything like that I mean I'm obviously very logical and, and and structured and good with numbers and excel modeling and all that kind of stuff but uh yeah I mm -hmm. think it's the the strategic thinking and the problem solving that is the most valuable yeah I agree I mean um not that I have started my uh non-consulting career well I, I I was fairly um open to the idea of going into industry after consulting um, mm -hmm. because I wanted to try things out for myself. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I would agree that those are the skills that I have used over and over again in my industry role. I do think though is with the Abundant Psyche, I have learned a ton of other things that I just did not think about I did not fathom could exist while setting up your own business and that's that's just opened up my eyes to what a CEO really means for business right yeah 
Right. And uh, if I if I could ask, what are the things that you do not miss about the big corporate culture? Oh, there's there's lots of those things, too. I mean, I certainly don't miss having a partner that I have to report to and, you know, run all of my deliverables through. And um, I definitely don't miss those sort of last minute requests from people for things where it's like, they had poor planning skills and then all of a sudden it's your emergency to go figure it out. So I sort of like being fully in control of my own schedule, my own work. I get to decide on the quality of my work um, and there's no one else who has to sort of review it and critique it. It's, it's kind of all up to me and I love that. So I definitely don't miss having that um, sort of oversight or hierarchy that I have to work through anymore. That's awesome. And uh, tell me a bit more about your coaching program then. Yeah, so this is something that's new and and pretty exciting for me. I um, had a little bit of a quieter period over the summer because of COVID and sort of started thinking about, well, what else could I be doing with my time? Uh, And sort of thought through what is it that I have a lot of experience in and a lot of passion for. And I think for me, entrepreneurship is a huge area of passion and then supporting other women and especially other moms who, like me, potentially love consulting work, but maybe don't love the company that they're in right now and might not have considered what it would look like to start their own firm. So I sort of had um, time to think through what a framework would look like for a coaching program. And so I spent a few weeks sort of building out, um, you know, the, the roadmap and learning objectives and, and pulling content together. And so I launched it uh, just over a month ago, I guess. So I've got 11 women registered in the first group and sort of using it as a bit of a pilot to see, you know, whether they like the format and whether they would want to see more group aspects or one-on-one aspects and then I'm hoping to launch it again in the new year so it's been a lot of fun so far I was able to attract um, kind of a combination of women who were already in my network like some people I had worked with previously or went to school with a long time ago but then also a few um, strangers who just saw my content on Instagram and LinkedIn and and reached out and registered for the program so to me that feels good that there's um, interest out there and some people who are looking for help in doing this because it you know it's a hard thing to do and it's it can feel scary and risky to to jump out of being an employee and move towards being self-employed so I'm trying to make that whole journey a lot easier and a lot faster and um, hopefully give people the the confidence that they can make it it happen for themselves Um, and so yeah I'm, I'm really excited about it actually. Right. Amazing. And one last thing, if I may ask you, and this this might be interesting from your perspective, a consulting business while you are in consulting is probably not the easiest to start. So would you recommend or do you recommend your students leave consulting and then start their own thing? Or do you generally suggest start it off as a side thing and then scale it up? That's a good question. So yeah, in the first sort of module, the first week, I do talk about risk and risk management. And I definitely think that there's some things you should put in place before you just pull the trigger and quit like I did. (laughs) I didn't plan or put anything in place. I just quit. (laughs) Um, So I think if you're sort of organized, you can think ahead by maybe several weeks or even a couple of months to give yourself time to put some of those foundational pieces in place, like whether it's incorporating your business or buying um, the insurance that you'll need and starting to do some quiet business development work before you actually quit. I think that's smart. And also having the time to build up a bit of a financial cushion, just so that you don't run into any trouble if you either can't find some clients immediately or 
you know, if your clients don't pay you quickly enough, that's something that happens quite a lot in public sector is your invoices can be sometimes slow to get paid. So mm -hmm. I would recommend having, you know, three to six months of expenses saved up before you, before you start your business. So yeah, I, I think um, it's good to have a plan in place before you just go ahead and do it, which is not what I did, but what I would recommend for everybody else. Yeah, yeah, you learn a lot on the journey. Yeah, yeah, I kind of did everything the wrong way. And so I'm hoping that I can, you know, help people avoid making the same mistakes that I made. Well, here you are, though, you are quite successful. And <laughs> um, even, even though you claim that you did things the wrong way, here you are quite successful. So imagine what it would look like if according to your definition of the right <laughs> way, you did things the right way. Um, yeah. yeah. I guess I just wish I had had someone um, who could have helped me back then because I, I didn't really, I didn't know any, anybody else who'd started their own consulting business. So I was sort of like Googling things online and then, mm. you know, I'd make a meeting with my accountant to like talk things over, but it would have been nice to have someone just to give me the advice all along the way of what it is that you need to do at each stage. So that's what I'm hoping to offer to other women. Yeah, no, I agree completely. Like uh, when I knew that I wanted to leave consulting, I was exactly the same Googling away stuff. What are the consulting exit options that I have? What should I be doing? What do consultants do after mm -hmm. consulting? And mm -hmm. somehow um, Google did not really find one place where I could get all my answers. Yeah, so, funny. Huh? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is, to be fair, the reason I set up the Abundant Psyche, actually, uh, where I help um consultants transition out of consulting in whatever mm -hmm. shape or form that takes and your way is definitely one of the more popular ways I think I have seen people do it so yeah Amanda any last thoughts no just I mean I think this is great and it's a great way to let other women know that there's other options for them and that there's other people who have tried these things ahead of you. And so I'm all about, you know, empowering and encouraging and supporting other women. And I think it's so great that you're, you're doing the same thing and you have the same focus. So um, thanks so much for inviting me to chat with you today. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that my pleasure. And so, so glad that we connected and you said yes to this. If people want to connect with you, where do they find you? Yeah, probably, I mean, Instagram is the place where I like to hang out the most. So my handle there is at the right company.ca. And that's where people can reach out to me. Yep. Okay, great. Thanks so much, Amanda, for coming over. And we'll carry on the discussion offline. Awesome. Thanks. Have a good day. And everyone else, thank you so much for listening to us. Thank you so much for tuning in and giving us your time. Look forward to chatting with so many of you over the next coming days, weeks, and months. Signing off.